0: Both is the position of the sun. That's what we're actually saying. Okay. What about what's happening? Delia. Delia. So has anybody been using that word? Yeah. Yeah. Delia. Uh, good idea. We all know that. Well, well um, lay <laughs> Still hear that one out of uh, all the words yeah. that we've learned on um, yeah. still hear that one. I'm I'm hungry. <laughs> gay sin. And remember how I told you so it's the way you say that word? So I could say gay with sin, because I'm hungry. But I could be asking you, gay with sin? I actually say it in a way like it's a question. Are you ready?
1: Giska jane. Hey, That's good. one, do you use that one at home shame? Oh. oh your mom says it too. Welcome to Trails, Tales, and Spruce Tea, a podcast about contemporary Ulnu or Mi'kmaq life. These are our stories, thoughts, or adventures. I'm your host today, Shallon Jodri. Happy 2019. The United Nations declared this year the International Year of Indigenous Languages. Here in Canada, one of the key mandates of the residential school system was to wipe out the indigenous languages and customs. These schools operated between 1828 and 1996, over 150,000 children were punished for speaking their Indigenous language. For many reasons, those children who survived the schools were never the same again. We hear their stories through the children or grandchildren of survivors and how the impacts carried through the generations. One of those legacies is the loss and degradation of our language. Here in Olsutguk, where the river cuts through the hills in Gespewick, southwest Nova Scotia, we are a small Mi'kmaq community with no fluent Mi'kmaq speaker. To most of us, we agree the language is important. However, it is a long and arduous task to find the texts or technology apps or to travel to other communities on our own expense and time to ask for help from those who still carry the language. And some of us are finding our way, slowly. Two of these people are Rose Muse and her daughter Cedar. Through special and temporary initiatives, Rose has been teaching language classes in our community preschool and for the community once a week, seasonally. She's taken it upon herself to join the Language Apprentice Program through the Mi'kmaq Kinnamatnoy, the Mi'kmaq Education Organization. Rose and Cedar came over to visit and we spoke about this learning journey. Madalen. Oh, a
0: Kerguel. Oh, willay. Niendelawasi Rose, Wiggy Ulse Cook
1: First Nation.
2: Gue, Niendelawasi Cedar,
1: wiggy Ulse Cook. All right, so the first thing I got to do is offer you some tea. We have lots of selections and not just spruce tea. So if you look on the shelf, mm-hmm.
0: Richard McEwen came to our band hall when uh, I was in my mid-teens, and he would have language classes, and I would attend them, and that's where it all started. That Mm kind of just caught me. Really loved it right right from the very start, but the more I learn all the time, the more I I realize it's not a matter of I want to learn the Mi'kmaq language now. It's, I need to learn it. It's got so much of our teachings and our culture in every
1: word. Like in Canada, when you're francophone, your children, because, of the, because Canada is a bilingual country, and so they have um, made sure that children of francophones will have access to public education in their language. For so many years, I've wondered, well, why Do we not have the same kind of legislation or the same kind of support to say that Indigenous communities and families and children in Canada should have the right to access to their language? And so what I have witnessed in being in this community for 13 years is how much work to create a project, a grant proposal, find somebody who can teach the language But everything just seems to fizzle out, and then another year goes by, and then all of a sudden we're starting back again with introductory Mi'kmaq class. And I just feel like I've been in this circular pattern of beginner, week, 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 and then it fizzles out, and then we come back again, beginner, week, 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 and then it fizzles out, and we're just cycling around and around. And so sometimes it feels like we're trying to climb this gigantic mountain and I, I'm not a mountain climber, and I think, I can't do this. Yeah, um, lately
0: I've been, um, I've been learning about uh, root words. And that was, an, uh, I think just, it came at a time when I had one of those moments where I was just like, oh, I can't keep doing this. It's mm-hmm. just so much work, you know. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I started meeting some people that uh, I started thinking, you know, I really would like to know why we say that a gipu, an eagle, is gipu, or why we say a bear is Muin, you know, or why is a Jalasi welcome, you know. And it all started actually with that word for me. Mm. <laughs> so I had asked my mentor uh, one time, what exactly are we saying when we say that? And uh, what we're really saying is, is come in and take your place. When I first started hearing that word, it, it was bringing tears to my eyes. I couldn't really even share it for the first week or two because it was so emotional for me because I felt like, do people really know exactly what they're saying? You know, it showed me that it doesn't matter what color your skin, it doesn't matter what race you're from, there is... A place here for you. So come in and take your place. And I, and I also thought, wow, we need to really have respect for communities and homes who say up Jalasi, mm-hmm. because they're saying they're, they're trusting you mm-hmm. to come in and there's a spot here for you. So I think, oh my heavens, what am I going to do here that, you know, mm-hmm. when I see that on a sign, when I'm coming into to the community or a community, mm-hmm. That, that's such an honor for me. And it's like, okay, I have a spot here. How am I going to use it? was an eye-opener for me too because everything is like an action you know mm-hmm. it's all an action and we even when we say our colors we're saying it's the color of something it's not mm-hmm. just blue I think it's the the root words for me that's really bringing it that's given me that little more of a push to like okay I'm gonna continue this mm-hmm. and also I think of my daughter Cedar I think of my two little ones as well uh, five and six years old. I really feel like if I can keep, you know, trying to find ways to keep this alive in a community that has no fluent speakers, you know, um, I might just be able to help them understand what what their tradition, mm-hmm. what it, you know, should be. I just found out um, when we say uncle, we're not just saying uncle; we're we're saying one who watches over me Mm -hmm. you know so I think if we can continue learning our words we're gonna find what our roles are I find the more I learn our language it helps me look at things differently
1: I remember years ago always hearing that our indigenous languages are like Mi'kmaq is is verb based Mm. I would hear that and hear that and hear that and that was a really neat concept to show you just a different way of viewing the world, articulating the world around you. Uh, like, for example, in English and French, it's more noun-based. Not that one way is right or wrong. It's just interesting how different they are. Hmm. Some people have no idea how different the world views are until you start to give them examples and start to uncover these things. And so, For example, I remember when I started my master's and I went up to see Albert and Merdina Marshall, and Merdina was explaining that um, there's no exact Mi'kmaq word for knowledge because knowledge is noun-based. She was talking about this process of learning. So she gave the example of learning about Mi'kmaq medicines. So it's not like somebody who knows a lot about Mi'kmaq medicines can just like go to you, open up your brain, or hand you something, and say, okay, now here you have this knowledge, you have to have your own relationship to those Mi'kmaq medicines, right? Instead of thinking as, of it as a noun, think of it as a verb. And that was one of the first aha moments that I realized that by seeing the world in a different language does open up uh, a whole other way of seeing things and articulating them in your brain. It's all in there.
0: if you guys only knew what we have right here, you know, what the gold we, we could, you know, we're holding mm-hmm. when we learn this.
1: This is for Frank. Wigun mm-hmm. Abu. So it's mm-hmm. it's translates as coffee, but yet Wigun is a bean and abu is the the juice. The, yeah, of the a broth. Bean, bean juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bean juice. juice. Right, you could all go put it by his coffee machine. Yes. This is Sugar. It the, yeah. Asun. Asun
0: sweater.
2: Where's a bunch of these? Duo Betty. All right. So Linda. where are you gonna put it?
1: On the window. Excellent. Whoa, pot. Whoa. And wow is egg? Yeah. Yeah. So, how would you ask do you want milk and sugar in your tea?
2: Menuagin maluggage, menuagin
0: sismohan. All right. I think my biggest struggle with. Uh, learning and teaching languages not having any fluent speakers here and then having our fluent speakers so far away and uh, I really I really find that probably one of my biggest struggles
1: I've watched the teachers wait and I want to be their pupil tell them I've arrived bring us into gear and start rolling but I've been too many things for too many people. I'm a tourist here too. Let me give back something in the waiting for the process to become whole again. Like a missing puzzle piece under the sofa, the people would be circled about you listening. There must be a ceremony for that. The fragile anticipation persisting. I've watched them run out of sand Then, later, they've flipped themselves to continue flowing. There must be a ceremony for that. The renewal. I've watched them teach. And teach. Wait. And teach over. Sometimes the change doesn't happen, or the pupils stop coming. They're busy, they say, and I want to weep for the world. Our whole history our collective loss. But I have not been here long enough to practice tipping that endless trickle of sand, how to cup it as ceremony to honor our teachers.
0: When I first started teaching a lot, I found, oh, my biggest struggle was different dialects. Oh, I might say it this way, and there, and then someone else comes in. Oh no, it's not said like that. We say it like this, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I start saying it like that, and somebody else, no, no, no. <laughs> Always so, being correct. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, okay, I can't do this. We can't even, you know, we can't even uh, come up with the right word and and stuff. But then I just let that all go because if you if you do dwell on that. Um, you will you will have some major issues some some major struggles because i know in communities right beside one another they have dialects like that you know different they have families too yeah different families uh we have a quite a large bank of words that we have mm-hmm. you know we know oh yeah i have you know my vocabulary is is you know not huge but it's it's pretty big and now my struggle is um having conversations with somebody like a fluent speaker because I can hear a fluent speaker and I can pick up on a lot of their words but to respond to them and also sometimes they speak really fast I suppose we do in English as well when somebody's trying to learn English Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you know I'm I'm doing I'm going to more meetings and things and I can pick up on more words but I can't necessarily speak it as much you know Uh, or any more I should say than what I that I could before, but I am understanding more. So um, so I know I'm in the right direction. I know, I know I'm going down the right path. I just have to stick with it. And um, And it is hard when you're in your home and you have, you know, kids needing you and pulling on you this way and that way and you have supper to do and you have a house to clean and you have running around to do and things. It's easy to slide right back into English because you need to have it quick. You know, you need to tell your kids what to do quick, you know, and um, so it, it really is a struggle. But I but I know in our home that we're all trying,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: even my husband, who is non-native, but he still loves the language. He's starting to say more words. My daughter is now, you know, Cedar is now getting into, um, you know, uh, starting to learn it. Fluently as well, so now we can speak back and forth. When she's doing her her schooling at home, I'll be sitting down and doing schooling, or we'll do it together because that's what we're focusing on. I really
2: enjoy a language because it's 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 kind of what Mom said too. It's like it's not just a language; it's kind of like a story. It's kind of like uh, there's like a, a every word's like a door when you open it, it's Mm -hmm. like there's a story. Mm -hmm. I want to learn the language to make my ancestors proud and to learn it myself so I get to know it and I get to have conversations with my friends and family and just to be a part of that culture. It's hard to try and ask someone like, hey, there's the language here and it's kind of like, oh yeah, that's interesting, but that's your passion, right? Mm. My passion is, it could be dancing, it could be singing, it could be carpentry or whatever. But it's like, if, like, it's not so much of like a job. It's who you are, right? la <laughs> dadine.
1: Well, Alan, thank you for listening to this episode of Trails, Tales, and Spruce Tea. The flute music was played by Rose Muse. Well, Alan, to both Rose and Cedar for sharing today. The poem I read, Ceremony for You, is in my book, Generations Reemerging, from Gasbro Press.
2: Well, Alan.
1: To all of our Mi'kmaq language teachers who are helping us, inspiring us, and keeping us on this path. Without your commitment and patience, this hope would be lost. To the Olnug, Mi'kmaq, or other Indigenous listeners, I hope that you continue to speak your language, whether you're teaching it or learning it. Don't give up. Every new word or phrase is part of your journey. And have fun. I welcome all of our listeners to support and participate in the reclamation and strengthening of Indigenous languages this year. This, an act of healing relationships. We cannot wait. We must walk the mountain together, slowly. And we will get there. I'm your host today and podcast producer, Shalyn Jodri. Nimultis.